Learn the most empowering hiring techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with your host, Rick Gerard. Well, two people sit down in an interview. What happens next? What happens is that we have no idea what happens, but the data suggests that the decision is made by the interviewer in the first seven minutes of the conversation. The remainder of the time is used to shape the conversation to confirm the decision. Now, there's no way that a person can extract enough evidence to support making a correct decision without bias or personal motives in an unstructured seven-minute process. Making the interview a breeding ground for Murphy's Law. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. And a lot goes wrong when we wing it through the interview. How well a person aligns with the company's core values, vision, and purpose is the only way to ensure the success of the person you hire. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and executives win-win the strongest hires. We do so by sharing insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, game changers, and industry leaders. Now, back by popular demand, today's show is going to be to address one of the hundreds of questions I receive on a weekly basis. Today is a solo show just for you. Now, for those of you who don't really quite know me yet or are new to the show, tell you a little bit about me. My name is Rick Gerard. I cut my teeth as an executive recruiter for tech startups in the Silicon Valley. I've coached leaders and I've helped build over 200 startup companies throughout my career. I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, F1 aficionado. I'm kind of a glorified adrenaline junkie. Now you know a little bit about who I am. So let's get to the content, which is more important. Today, we're going to discuss why tying values to interview questions is the only way to eliminate bias. And then we're going to talk about how to build an interview question for a company value. So I'm gonna walk you step-by-step through building an actual interview question that you can plug into your business today. To kick this off, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenges that we're coming across based on a lot of the emails that I'm getting. I had an email from a gentleman last week where somebody said, well, you know, I hear you talking about tying your interview questions to your core values. How do you do that? And so that's what prompted this show today. And this is why I really wanted to do this for you guys. Now, the problem that we have right now, of course, is that Independent of the fact that there's a lot of roles that are open and not a lot of people, people are being really skittish and they're like jumping away from interviews really quickly if there's any sign of flaw or if it doesn't look like it's all it's cracked up to be. People are seeing through the cracks really, really quickly. Now, in the interviews themselves, we haven't changed the interview process, but the people who are looking for jobs have changed. So we've got to evolve this. Otherwise, what's going to end up happening is, again, you're going to end up getting lost in the dust because people who evolve their interview process and get a stronger interview process and a stronger interview experience for the people they're trying to bring in are going to win every time. And you're not going to be one of those people. Interviews are purely subjective, right? Let's break that down for a moment. We're still ranking candidates using scorecards to give your opinion on whether or not somebody is going to actually align well with the company, but it's not really based on any sort of evidence to support that somebody really does align with the company. It's more based on opinion. We do a lot of comparing and contrasting in our conversations after the interview process, which keeps us from making a quick decision. 
The other thing that's happening still, it's happening. We don't know any better a lot of times to not spend all of our time evaluating for skills. Yes, you need somebody who has a particular set of skills, but skills are easy to train. Values are not. You can't change somebody's values. And values are by far the biggest determining factor in whether or not somebody's going to align well with your organization and thrive in that organization and be a highly productive individual in your company. Interviewer coordination. Let's talk a little bit about that because I'm still hearing it from the candidate end all the time. I went to an interview. I had three different people ask me the same question. There's no reason why this should be going on anymore. This is a big, big, big turnoff for people, guys. So if for some reason your people are not aligned and they're not coordinating the questions that they're asking, then you need to fix that. That is a huge, huge, huge tell as to why you are not getting people to join your company right now. Let's talk a little bit about why this is important. So why do we need to have interview questions that are tied to your core values of your company? Well, I mean, I'll just throw out some of the old data that I'm sure you guys have heard, but the wrong hire costs your company roughly between three and 10X their annual salary. Not to mention the whole piece of the bad hire that rubs off on you that you don't see the cost of. Running some other people out of the company that were productive people or those disruptive costs that can kill the company. Think of each person as being worth $2 million to the company. And if we think about that, then what ends up happening is we start thinking about why we're hiring people a little bit differently and how we hire people a little bit differently. It's a perspective change. If everybody's worth $2 million to your company, each and every hire is worth $2 million to the company or can subtract $2 million from your company, I think you're going to look at it from the perspective where it makes a little bit more sense to put some time into really pulling your interview process together and ensuring that you're getting the right people on the bus. And first and foremost, the most important thing is really people are the number one reason for a company failure. All your business problems that you have are people problems in disguise. Let me say that again. All business problems that you have are really people problems in disguise. If we start to change our outlook on why this is important to make sure that we're bringing the right people on the bus every time, then it really gets you into a mindset of, hey, look at, we need to be cautious about who we bring in, but also we need to attract those people that are gonna really thrive in our organization. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and for our podcast listeners, we're gonna take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources and a link to order your book, Healing Career Wounds. Let it be your startup's guide to attracting and hiring the most successful people in your organization. We just talked a little bit about why it's important to build interview questions around core values. And now I want to actually get into the meat of this. So how do we build interview questions? And you can plug them into your company today that you can actually run an effective interview and come out of the interview with some really strong data to support whether or not somebody aligns with the organization. We're going to start with core values. Now, core values, I know a lot of entrepreneurs think core values are bullshit. And to some extent that they are. But the truth is your company has core values, whether you really know it or not. You have a culture, whether or not you recognize it or not. Why not just recognize it and take ownership of it and make it a language within your organization? Because that will be the thing that attracts the right people and repels the people that you really don't want in your company. The people that will not thrive there, the people that were, are disruptive. A little bit, I'm just gonna briefly run down core values and I'm gonna give you an example of kind of what we did because this will help you to build a question around 
nowadays. So you're gonna define the attributes for each core value. So you may have a phrase, like for example, I have one core value, which is dig deeper. And what that means is that we're committed. We understand that in digging deeper, we actually can bring forth our expertise. And it's a certain amount of curiosity that we have to make sure that we want to make things better and understand. So it's investing the time to fully comprehend the root of our client's challenges or the person's challenges, anybody that we interact with. And then we listen to understand, not to respond. Based on that sample, dig deeper, to find the attributes, we actually prioritized the ranking of our values. And then we set a measurable for each value. So the measurables for that value are committed, expertise, and curious. And then we actually break it down a little bit further. So how does somebody show that they're committed? How does somebody show their expertise? And how do you know that somebody's curious? So we agree on these values. And then we and, and these values, the way in which we agree on these values is we really recognize that these are lived daily. If these are not values that are lived daily, you need to make changes to make those daily values lived or you need to change your value because it's not a real thing. And when you don't have real values, people don't take you seriously. And those are the things that drive people out. So you built your values. Now you're gonna build an interview question library. For each value, you're gonna build two, maybe even three questions for that value. Now we've actually, with that dig deeper one, what we've done is we've actually built out a question that pulls out one of those values to ensure that that value is something that that person aligns with, they live and they have examples in their life how they live that life. So you're gonna cross behavioral questions, two to three for each value. Some of those things that are really, really important to your company can be built into what I call knockout questions. Meaning if somebody doesn't align with that value at all, then you simply stop the interview there, thank them for their time, let them know that this value we're not in alignment. And a lot of people will actually agree with you at that point. And then you close the interview and let them go at that point, which is highly valuable for candidates because they get closure. And the biggest reason why people complain is because they don't get closure. They don't ever hear back from the company and it's just this dead silence that happens. You're giving them a better experience, which is gonna cut down any bad glass door reviews for one. And number two, it's just gonna create good karma for the company. You're bringing people to fruition, you're being honest with who you are, and you're giving them closure, which again, most companies do not do. So I'm gonna get into a sample question for Dig Deeper. Now, Dig Deeper means a few things to us. It means being committed, it means showing expertise, and it means being curious. This also translates into listening to understand and not to respond. So one of the questions we came up with were, tell me about the most difficult customer interaction you encountered in your current role. Now. What we wanna do is we wanna get a story here. And what I'm trying to really understand is how well does this person listen and then understand and get more information about what is really bothering them. Now, the important part of these questions is you just don't ask a question and let it go. And I found that there are some methods for behavioral interviews out there like the star method and car method, or but they only scratch the surface, which don't make them effective. What makes a really good behavioral question effective is actually having sub questions underneath it that can help you extract more data to go deeper, to understand really how somebody did something and why they did something in a way that again, gives you a really full picture of who this person is across the table from you. This is really, really important. 
I might ask you, hey, tell me about the most difficult customer interaction you've ever encountered in your current role. And you might give me a scenario. Well, you know, I had a really difficult customer. They called up, they were yelling. I took the call and I was able to kind of calm them down and come to a solution. Okay, great. So tell me more. Walk me through how you did that. Now, you wanted to keep this conversational. You want to have sub questions that are conversational. So walk me through exactly how you did that. So what was the root of the problem? So I'm going to create a bunch of sub questions. One's going to be tell me more is always a good thing to say if you don't know what to say. If you get stuck, tell me more. Another way of saying that is walk me through that. The next question I would have would be something like, what were the circumstances that led to the difficulty? What was the root of the customer issue? What solutions did you come up with? How were you able to calm them down? Break the steps down that you took to resolve the problem. So I'm going to really get under the hood and get more and more data. Here's a really good clue. People understand exactly how they do things when they have actually done them. This is a really good tell for when you get into the weeds with somebody, they can lay out for you step by step how they did something. And if they don't, then they didn't really do it. You can pull a lot of rich data out here and you can understand whether or not somebody is really a high performer. Why was their view important to you? Now, I always like to tie things to the person I'm interviewing. Why was it important for you to solve that person's problem? How were you able to deliver above and beyond their expectations? So we're going to the result and how did the interaction end? So I've got like seven or eight sub questions that I built out for this one. And each interview question can have a sub question, should have sub questions that take somebody down a path that they get stuck if they're not sure where to ask, what to ask next. You're giving them a bit of a roadmap and you're allowing them to just have a conversation and extract that data. Now, however you collect that data, the data needs to be collected. It needs to be collected either via a Zoom recording recording or a transcription or like even just taking simple notes. It's really easy to have this data on a Google Doc and when you ask these questions, you go through it, you can simply take notes and extract the key points out of that to ensure that you are getting the right evidence to support making a decision either way. So that's a sample question for building an interview. Now, the final step in this, so we've got three things. As we start this out, we're going to define the core values. Secondly, we're going to build this interview question library. And then thirdly, what we're going to do is we're going to assign interview questions to each interviewer. A really easy way to do this is train your people to be able to understand what the psychology and the reasoning behind why you want to extract this data. And you don't have to have your core people conduct a cultural or values based interview. You can have admin, you can have an HR person, you can have a lot of other people within the organization conduct this piece of the interview that allows you to free up your team's time to be doing more productive activities, which is going to affect the bottom line of the business. Assigning the interview questions, getting back to that, it's easier on the interviewer. If I give you a series of four questions, and that's really all people need are four interview questions that are behavioral, they're aligned to a core value, so they understand what they're evaluating against, and they're uh, given the sub-questions so they know where to go with the conversation. If they get stuck, they know how to ask additional questions. They know how to dig a little bit deeper and extract that data. It takes very little prep time for the interviewer to come in and be able to do this interview because you walk in, you've got the interview questions, you go. You sit 
sit down, you have a conversation. It makes it so much easier rather than having to look at LinkedIn profile for 10 minutes and then looking at the resume and then kind of figuring out what you're going to ask them and then really starting out an interview with the same question that everybody else does. So walk me through your career progression, starting with your most current job or walk me through your resume or those questions that everybody asks that every interviewer just cringes every time they get because they have to answer it not to you, but like the other 14 companies they're talking to. So set yourself or above and beyond the competition because you're not asking the same questions that everybody else is asking. You're asking questions that are actually have some substance behind them. Very little prep time for the interview. You're gathering concrete evidence. And look at if you got assigned interview questions, everybody talks about eliminating bias from the interview process. I hear it all the time, but there's no answer for it. Everybody just says, well, you can't be biased. But the truth is you can eliminate bias from the interview process when you provide the interview questions because there's no going off script. Every person that comes through that door is gonna get the same questions no matter what. Asking different questions for different people, that creates bias. And I've seen it numerous times in my career where somebody came in, one person was asked a completely different set of questions because they liked that person's background or they wanted to get that person to join their company. Then the other person who came in, it was actually just as good, if not better, but there was something in their profile or their resume that that person had a bias against. And so taking all that out of contention makes it much, much easier for you to get an unbiased interview going. And it also puts you in a place where you're getting concrete evidence to support whether or not somebody should make a hire. And this is what's most critical to the business. What's most critical to the business is that you get people who are going to thrive in your environment. And personal bias or personal motives or ego or whatever else that comes into play in the interview process needs to just be completely eliminated because that does not serve the business. Just to recap, three pieces that you want to cover. You want to define the core values. Then you want to build an interview question library, one or two for each actual interview question, and then assign the questions to each interviewer and provide a roadmap and a structure in which everybody adheres to. And this is what's going to attract the strongest people, number one, and get you to a point where you guys are successfully just cranking out highly productive work. So the takeaways for this, Break down your values into measurable components to which you can evaluate a person's fit first. And then second, interview questions must have sub-questions to it to keep the conversation going. If I don't give you sub-questions or I don't give you a roadmap to where you might want to take this, then it doesn't. you're just going to brush off to the next question because you're really not sure how to dig deeper. We want deep data from each interviewer. With that, it's gonna be a little bit of a short episode today, but I wanna thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. After all, this show is for you, and we love and welcome your feedback. Keep them questions coming. I'm gonna to continue to do these solo episodes so I can cover things that you guys are having challenges with right now. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Hire, H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or you can drop me an email at rickandstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Ashish Rampal. He is the CEO of All Imaging Systems. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to hiring success, Rick Gerard.
Turbo. 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 Turbo.